0: and book your audit today.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Email Einstein Podcast. I am an email marketer at an email marketing agency called Flowium. We at Flowium, we are very passionate about email marketing. We're the biggest email marketing nerds. So because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is actually one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. And we specialize in providing a premium full service e-commerce email marketing experience to all of our clients, delivering the right message to the right person person at the right moment. That's what we're all about here at Flowium. Um, and I was very, very happy that on this specific episode, we will be joined by, by another email marketing geek. In fact, her name is Emily Ryan. And uh, by the way, I've just met Emily in like in person two weeks ago. This podcast, full disclosure, was recorded like a month ago, uh, but I actually met Emily at the really good email emails conference two weeks ago in Chicago. And she's just as amazing, sweet and and, and and smart in real life as she is in this episode. So I can't wait for you to, to hear it. Without further ado, let's listen to this interesting, fun and very educational interview. Emily is a fellow email marketing geek <laughs> um, and she is one of the masterminds behind Westfield Creative. Westfield Creative create beautiful emails that actually convert. Simple as that. Emily is also a mom of three adorable humans. Go to her Instagram and check out her feed. It's It's so, so beautiful. And yeah, and also go to her Instagram for some inspiration.
2: Say hi, Emily. Yes. Hello everyone. Thank you so much. Um, that's such a nice intro and I'm really, really excited to chat today. It's it's always nice to have another email marketing nerd on the podcast because totally. I, I feel like
1: we speak the same language, you know? Like
2: always, yes. Email email geeks. <laughs> that's how we
1: roll. All of my friends are tired of me talking about email. So I'm really glad to have you on this podcast today. <laughs> totally. Yes. I could talk about it all day. I know, I know.
2: Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Flowium's Brand Voice course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete with Flowium's Brand Voice course. Find out more at flowium.com slash brand
1: Before we go to all of the serious and juicy questions, let's do a quick blitz Q&A just like to get to know you better. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So
2: East Coast or West Coast? Oh, I've lived on both coasts. Um, I'm, I'm an East Coast girl. I was born in, in North Carolina. So I'll say East Coast. East coast. Yay. Early bird or night owl? Ooh, also hard. (laughs) I'm (laughs) actually actually an early, oh God, I'm neither. Um, An early owl. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to say early bird (laughs) because I'm up with my kids at the, oh, even before the crack of dawn. And um, I usually crash by like 10 PM every night. I'm just like done. So, so early. Same. I don't even have kids, but I'm the same already. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. Texting or calling? Text always. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I just don't like phone calls anymore. <laughs> like, just I don't just, do them anymore. The yeah. I, you know. Yeah. It's. I feel like phone calls are 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 in the past. <laughs> Who needs a yes. call? To-
1: totally agree.
2: Okay. This one, I feel like I know the answer
1: to this one, but still, you've got a male or a sleepless in Seattle.
2: Ooh! you've got mail best that that's like one of my and not because I love email but because that's like one of the, <laughs> the best movies ever and it actually totally you've got mail made me want to move to New York City I lived in New York for many years and that movie like kind of made me want to move there because it was just it's just the best
1: I know anything with Meg Ryan honestly I'll take it <laughs>
2: yes. oh my god we're like the same person yes I know okay tacos or pizza Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you would know that Um, I am like, I talk about tacos, like every other story, (laughs) tacos, tacos forever. I kind of, I kind of knew that.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) that's why I included it. Cool. Okay. Um, The last one, Uh, if a theme song played every time you entered the room, what would it be?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I need, I need to think about that. Um, Maybe like, everybody dance now by (laughs) cnc music factory that's a good one that's a solid that's a solid choice something fun like
1: fun and silly (laughs) Um, for sure okay and this one is not a blitz q a question but i just found but i just saw it on your twitter and i saw and i thought it was hilarious so a few days ago your seven-year-old um said to you mommy who got me the pokemon stuffed animal for christmas and Mm -hmm. you said that santa did it and your child was like well then why did i see
2: it at target today what did you (laughs) what did you reply what 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 do you say to that oh my gosh it was it was one of those moments where i did not have the answer and i was like oh gosh he <laughs> um, was like but i but i saw it at target i saw the same one and i was Aww. like right <laughs> well we'll see I'm, i said well santa has some toys at target as well some overstock Aww, that's so cute. you know some he, he has some stock there you know that's um, so cute oh my gosh that was crazy So
1: cute. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's go to some like serious email marketing questions. Although I would like to talk about You've Got Mail and Meg Ryan movie about with you but yes. let's go to some juicy questions. <laughs> um I wouldn't want to do a huge amount of like talking here because you yeah. you are the expert here and I want to hear directly from you. I want to hear directly from the source. But Emily, can you like briefly tell us about yourself and how did you get into email marketing and like what are you doing now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, well, as you can probably hear, there is some background noise because I have some small children in this house. But um, I work from home. Um, I started a email marketing agency about seven years ago, so we're on year seven, and we specialize really solely on Mailchimp email marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started doing email in Mailchimp, and I just kind of never left the platform, um, and really decided to become an expert in the platform because I saw you know a lot of people I was working with needed. They, they were all using Mailchimp at the time, and um, mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I better learn this platform." Um, I actually kind of started as a virtual assistant and um, saw the need for email. But basically, I started in, I, I lived in New York City many years, and I was working for a startup, and it was a nonprofit startup. And one day, that the CEO was like, "You know, I think we should send an email to potential mm-hmm. donors," and we had never done that. And he was like, "Emily, can you like figure that out?" And uh, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah," and. And so I, you know, I had heard of something, you know, that's how a lot of people find MailChimp because they're like, oh yeah, there's something about a chimp. I know there's a service about a chimp and a MailChimp. Yeah. And so I literally just signed up for an account and we sent an email and it was super fun to create. And we ended up getting a pretty large donation from that email and I was blown away. I was like, this is crazy. So we kept, we kept sending emails and that's kind of how I first got started with it. Years later, I became a MailChimp partner and I actually got to go to atlanta i was invited to do something called partner lab where they invite like 10 to 15 partners from all over the world and we came for a couple days to mailchimp headquarters and that really helped solidify like my love for the company and the brand Um, i had like the most amazing time and they were just so wonderful like the people were so humble and smart and creative and it just i don't know i i just have always loved the company so yeah so i was like all right I'm, i'm going full on mailchimp and uh I eventually became a pro partner, which means I just manage a lot of MailChimp clients. And yeah, so we run a, a small agency here. I have uh, one other person full time, which is my sister, my older sister, who is <laughs> super techie and she codes and she actually comes from a tech background. And then we have several subcontractors and designers that we we work with um, and we do emails for our brands large large and small you know we have some beverage companies we have lawyers we have you know hardware stores like you you kind of name it and we probably served that industry um it's a right. wide range but yeah that's a beauty that's a
1: beauty of mailchimp it's like platforms oh. like Klaviyo they work only with like physical product stores yes, in yes. mailchimp that's like pretty much like a platform for everything you can be selling like online courses services, socks, mattresses, whatever. You can use it's, MailChimp.
2: It's wild. And I, I actually, I, I tweet a lot. Like when we have a an interesting lead or a client that is some random industry, it always just blows my mind. We, we once had- What a was your favorite? <laughs> Oh gosh. Well I have I have so many favorites. Like what's Go the ahead. most like random one or like okay, the industry so, you didn't yes. even know like existed? <laughs> yeah, so this one, um we had a client that made a product called that was pigeon birth control. And that's literally what What? It was like so, seriously? Like, pigeon, yes, because pigeons, pigeons are a problem. And it's actually I ended up learning so much about it, but he would sell to big industries, like really big um factories that that there are tons of pigeons around and they can't have them around the, the factory. Um, and so it was a product that he called pigeon birth control. And I was like, What is this? This Whoa, is crazy. That's so random. Like yes. this is in the niches, <laughs> like, I know seriously. it's crazy. But no, the the range is so wide with, with the types of client, you know, the I mean, we do get a uh-huh. lot of real estate and lawyers and people like that, but um the range is just very wide. The weirdest one that I had was
1: and surprisingly it's also the bird sort of industry. It was the <laughs> feather plucking bird collar. Oh my Apparently, god. Apparently that's a Problem with when like parrots get anxious or something, they start like plucking their feathers. And one of my clients, they were creating this like really beautiful felt like plucking bird collars. That's like so random, but I learned so much about anxiety in parrots.
2: Oh my god! The things, the things you can learn, it's amazing. Yes, that's yeah. That's the cool part. Is I, you know, you get to learn a lot about different companies. Um, we've we've worked with, you know, a pipeline company, and we worked with. you you know, just some crazy type things. Uh, So it's really fun. It's really fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The part of my job that I love a lot. Definitely. So Emily, recently you posted a really cool article on ink.com and the article was about the five things to ask yourself before begin email marketing. I really loved how you like summarized that five Mm -hmm. big things. And I think they are crucial. Can you just like briefly explain what they were?
2: Absolutely. So the article uh, was for Ink Magazine, and I was really thrilled to have contributed to that. But it was mm-hmm. uh, the five things that you should do before you ever start, before you begin email marketing. There are kind of some things you should think about or do. So I think one of the first ones was, you know, are do you have the right email platform? Are you in the right ESP? Mm-hmm. Whether it is Mailchimp or, you know, whatever it is, Constant Contact, Klaviyo, whatever. Like, are you mm-hmm. using the right ESP for what you want to do. All ESPs have kind of pros and cons and things that they do well and um, other things they don't do well. Um, so I think that's a good question to kind of start with, making sure you're on the right plan in the right program. And then we also talked about, you know, your your email list. Can mm-hmm. you rely on your email list? Uh, so if you have a brand new email list, making sure that that data is, is accurate, is verified, making sure you have a nice kind of clean list to get started. There are programs where you can you know run your email list through data? You know data verification, making sure you get rid of disposable emails or. You know, spam trap type emails. Um, so just really making sure it's clean, so that when you go to send those first emails, you're gonna you're gonna get a nice sender reputation to start out. You know, you really want to have a, a great deliverability from from the start. Um, That's super important. Yeah. yeah, we we
1: do recommend actually doing this sort of like a list warm up almost. We like exactly. to to all of our clients that we work with. We recommend first launching the flows because they mm-hmm. are more like targeted. You know, usually they have higher open rates, higher like through rates higher engagement in general and only after that we recommend starting doing the campaigns because in minds of many people like email marketing is just like bombarding your list with campaigns which is most certainly is not the only thing that you can do with email
2: (laughs) exactly yeah warming warming up your domain warming up your your Mm -hmm. your sender score is super important Um, Mm -hmm. and we also ask like are you know really think about are, you know, are you, are you in it to be consistent? Like, are you going to be right. able, wh- whether you do an email once a month or once a week, you know, consistency is just so important in That's email. Huge. Yeah, And you really like have to say, okay, like, you know, I- I'll even take myself for an example. I-, I send a weekly email out on Sundays and I told myself, years ago, I said, listen, this, I'm going to commit to sending this one email out every week. And, and of course, some weeks I don't, I don't make it, but, um, but you have to really be in it for kind of the long haul. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a great question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we always say, you know, make sure to plan out kind of, are you sending emails that the people that are on your list that they're going to expect to get. Mm-hmm. When people sign up for your emails, they are expecting a certain thing. Make sure you are you are following through with that. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing worse than like signing up for something and then you're getting totally different you know, for sure. Comment.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and I really just, love that.
1: Yeah. That you've also mentioned in your article, the best practices, and that's honestly mm-hmm. the topic we probably can have like a separate, um, <laughs> separate podcast oh about, gosh. but like briefly, what would you say are the best practices that everyone mm. needs to follow in emails?
2: Yes. Um. And then we get that question a lot. Like, can you tell me the, the MailChimp best practices? You know, I think a big one is just not purchasing emails. You know, a lot of people will come to us and say, Oh, oh I bought this, yes. this email list. And, and it's you know I understand why people would do that. Like yeah, you you want leads, you want there are services out there where you can buy emails and you know that exists but it's just not best practice. It it has so many <laughs> negative effects um you know if you if you go to send an email to a list of people that have never signed up, they're probably going to unsubscribe mm-hmm. and then you're going to yep. be landing in spam and it's going to be hard to get out. Um oh, yeah. so staying away from buying those lists, um really just making sure you're sending to people that have given their consent that have opted in and then just mm-hmm. other small things like you know your your from name um, that's something your, that people
1: forget all the time yeah. believe it or not this like from field you know yeah. exactly
2: that's, your your from name should question. be very you know very clear like who you are um it should right You know, people should see it in their inbox and know like this is they should know exactly who that is. Like I've seen some emails that are just just a first name and nothing else. And I'm like, Uh I have no clue who that is. Like it should say like Emily from. This company or uh-huh, uh-huh. my full name, at least. Yeah,
1: we actually A/B tested it with my clients internally. When in some cases we put just like the name of the brand, and then we did like mm-hmm. Sam from ABC Brand. And when we like actually used the name of the person, those like emails they performed so much better. Because yeah, you you can't you, uh-huh. can, you kind of put the person behind the brand in their minds, and that's like mm-hmm. awesome.
2: Totally, that's and I think sure. A/B testing. Typically, we will A/B test the from name before we. A-B test send time or anything like that, because mm-hmm. you can drill that down pretty quickly. Like what's best for your company, because it could be that, that the company name is good for your, you know, your brand, right. like, you know, we have a hardware store and obviously the email should come from ABC hardware and it, it mm-hmm. should not come from a name, but there are many instances where a name would be a much better option.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Totally. And Emily, you are like a hardcore Visual email marketer, your emails look amazing. I honestly, one of my favorites, probably I've seen in the industry. But like, cool. what would you say are some of the best like design practices that you try to follow um, yeah, when oh you're creating gosh. emails? That is so. I know nice. it's a long topic. Cause, yes. Cause I saw you have like a PDF, the entire PDF about it oh. on your website, something like 49 like, yes. rules or like 49 best practices oh. or something, but how would you like summarize them? Like absolutely non-negotiables for you. Like what yes. are the main things?
2: Totally. And I, I love talking about email design. Um, you know, I, I'm not a graphic designer by, you know, I didn't go to school for graphic design, but it's just something mm-hmm. I've always loved. And I've learned so much about email just by studying my own inbox, just by looking mm. at emails. You know, there's so many websites like really good and other sites where oh, you can I love them. Yeah, just go time. and just go and look at what brands and companies are sending. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to to look at your own inbox. Just start observing. But I would say the a couple main things email designers talk a lot about white space. Um, mm-hmm. You know, read a bill when someone reads your email, you want it to be so sorry for the <laughs> baby noise. Um, yeah, no worries. So easy for them to read. And, and get the 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 main point as quickly as possible. And so one of the best mm-hmm. ways to do that is to really have like space around all of your items. So space around your buttons, space around each different content block, really letting like things have room to breathe, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so I really say sometimes it, it feels weird when you when you're designing something, you're like, oh, this is like so much space. But I, it's easier for people to to read it quickly. And then I would say another non negotiable is is font size. Mm. So many people tend to use such a small size, like yeah, because you try to pack as much as possible
1: in that friggin' email. Yes, <laughs> that's yes, that's um, a rookie mistake. I'd say yeah,
2: totally. But but start noticing in your inbox what emails you find easier to read than others. And I bet uh-huh. you, they have a larger font size. Um, so we always recommend like 16 point and higher 16, for the body text. Yeah. yeah, like big headlines. I love you know, there, there's so many brands that are doing just like huge headlines and, um, mm-hmm. don't be scared to make something like 36 or 40 as a headline. Um, don't be scared to do that. It's easier to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's then like it, a it,
1: mistake that, that we all like made at the beginning when I like first started working in email marketing, I wanted to pack like as much as possible totally. white space, forget it. Like I wanted to like put, as much text, as much like images, GIFs as possible. But thanks yeah. God we had a very good designers on our team who like didn't let me do that. Yes. <laughs> um, but I totally agree with you. And like, especially, it's important, especially when you're like creating for mobile devices, which I think like 70% of people or something are like checking their emails from from mobile devices. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I, I've seen that like statistics somewhere. So like always, always like try to create something with like mobile device in mind.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's, it's super important. And I've just become such a fan of really like it, emails that are really simple and, and mm-hmm. just super clean. You know, I love an image at the top, maybe with text on it, you know, maybe a big headline and then I, a little bit of text underneath. It can literally be one to two sentences and then just a button. That's all you um, need. That's yeah, all you emails need. Yeah. Just don't have to be, emails don't have to be complicated. And I think that's always been my biggest kind of spiel to, to my clients is, Mm-hmm. you know, let's stop overthinking it. Like, this is just an email. Our goal is to, to drive them to your website or to get them to buy something. Like mm-hmm. your email is just kind of a vehicle to get somewhere else. Um. So let's not be crazy here and, and think that we need like eight sections of content. And oh, then of course, and, and make sure... Yeah. I, one of the, one of the things I forgot to mention about best practices and design, the unsubscribe, like I can't talk enough about it and how important it is and <laughs> you know, people try to hide it and move it. And, yeah, like, I know. I, small. I know. Like, mm-hmm. It is so important to have, have that in your email and just you know, give, give people that option and say, Hey, like, it's okay. If you need to unsubscribe, totally fine. Click here. Yeah.
1: You don't want to have that like person in those like relationship with you if they don't want to be with you. Right. It's like the same, same with the email, like what can help with unsubscribe instead of giving them like one option to unsubscribe, you can maybe like create some sort of like a preference page where they can actually pick the categories of content that they want to receive from you or like how often they want to hear from you. That's can be like super helpful. With like unsubscribe rates, but yeah, definitely don't hide that link. I don't know about MailChimp, but I think Clavio doesn't even like let you send the email if you don't have the unsubscribe link in it, it doesn't let you. But I remember like back in the day when we used those like active campaigns and mm-hmm. Infusionsoft, people were actually trying to like remove that link or hide it as much as possible so no one will yeah. like find
2: it, you know? <laughs> they yeah. try to trick their totally. subscribers, good old 2000s, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And um I, I think people I think people are still doing that. Um and, and with MailChimp, yes. MailChimp requires that you have it, but you can mm-hmm. send it without, but then they end up mm. adding they end up adding like a second footer. So I always have this problem with and I see it all Ooh. the time where you'll see people with two footers and it's because they left they deleted the unsubscribe. So MailChimp adds it back. Mm, I see. Yeah. I
1: see. Okay. Now now I understand why I receive those like weird emails. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Cool, cool. What's your take, Emily, on like plain text emails? Because that's like the conversation or the debate, I must say, that we constantly have with my colleagues. Someone like loves them, someone hates them. Let's talk like plain text versus image-based emails. What's your take?
2: Yeah. So I think there is definitely a place for both, both types of emails. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I have clients who just do really well with the plain text emails. Um, and and usually those are people doing, you know, cold, cold outreach or, Mm -hmm. um, something simple, but I also think like e-commerce brands can really utilize them as well. Like w- what we tend to do, we'll we'll do a couple like beautiful promo emails. In between, we'll have the founder or the you know the owner of the company write mm-hmm. a very simple plain text, you know, hey, we're just checking in. So and like um, no images, just
1: the text, right?
2: Yeah. And it's so it's so interesting when that happens. Like I actually saw um the brand Everlane, a clothing brand. So they they send uh-huh. these beautiful Gorgeous emails like every single day. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. one day I got a plain text email from them super short. It, it was just like a, you know, Hey, um, you know, we wanted to offer you an extra, like 15%. Like it was just totally plain uh-huh. text and it really stood out because I was like, Oh, wow. Like they don't typically send do out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think there is, I think it's kind of cool when you can utilize both with, with your company, there's a place for both.
1: I totally agree. Totally agree.
2: Like in your practice, are
1: you using the image only emails? You know, like the emails mm. that you like completely no. make somewhere like in Photoshop or like InDesign or, or, or whatever. Uh, why not? Like, I think I know oh. the answer, but it's just like interesting to see your, yeah, hear your.
2: Yeah. So, so this is like one of my, you know, they always say like the hill that I'll die on is is telling people they cannot have image only emails. It's a really big problem when you, when you create a graphic, and sorry for, mm-hmm. for the noise, but it, when you create a graphic, and it's your entire email, there are several things that can happen. One, the image may not load. If someone is out and about, um, and this happens to me a lot, like I'm out and I don't get great service on my phone and I Mm -hmm. pull up the email and it's like, there's nothing there except a footer. footer. I'm like, oh man, that's so sad because someone worked so hard on that graphic and it's not going to be seen. I mean, there there are people in Gmail that have images turned off and that's very Mm -hmm. common now. And the iPhone, there's an option where you can, you know, turn turn images off and so mm-hmm. your whole email is is non existent um so i think it's so important to weave in little sections of live text even if it's just a little bit totally um, like, agree. like we we love a bit graphic like we always we'll do a big graphic at the top, but then mm-hmm. we want to make sure our email has, you know, other other bits and pieces built in in case that big image doesn't load.
1: Yeah, there are some other reasons too. Like for me, one of the biggest one is that that like email won't be searchable, you know, when you can like search in your inbox by by some like Keywords from the email. It it won't be searchable if it's a graphic, unless you use the alt text, and that's something that you should definitely do. But still, like when you're using the image only emails, it can actually hurt your email accessibility as well. So there are some people who are using the how do they call it like the readers, like the Mm -hmm. email readers or something, screen 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 readers, yeah, where they can basically listen to your email. Well, guess what? They will not be able to listen to your email if it's the image only email. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. I love those like beautiful emails. But what we do like internally, we try to create like a beautiful hero image, then mm-hmm. do the add the text block, then maybe create something fun in the footer as well, or like the, yes. the product blocks. We make them fun, but we always, always, always try to add at least some text to the email cuz that's like super yeah. super important. Exactly. Yeah. Emily, do you have any of your say favorite brands that you think are doing a really good job with like email designs? Maybe some mm-hmm. recommendations that we can follow?
2: Oh my gosh, I have so many. I have so many. So, so some of my favorites like I love Chipotle, Chipotle's emails. They're just amazing. They if you just want to see some amazing stuff, they are just super <laughs> super fun and uh, they're
1: really funny. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they, funny. They, they, mean, they, right. weave in, mm-hmm. they weave in humor, which is so important. But then I also like companies, I do like Everlane, that their emails are so simple. And it just, I show them to people a lot because I'm like, your email could literally be image and a button. Um, they're just really simple. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I also love, you know, companies like postable.com is a, a greeting card company and they do the greatest promos. They send like one email a day, but they do they have a funny GIF and it's like, okay, browse our cards, but they always have a hilarious GIF and it's just, they're just fun and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those, are, those are some of my favorites. Um, I, you know, I love emails that are, you know, that that aren't afraid to have, have fun or that are colorful, uh-huh. you know, For people sure. that aren't afraid to use color. Like I've been seeing um, some companies use a lot more like neon and bright colors lately. And I love I love that.
1: Um, I love that. I was kind of tired of those like minimalist looking emails too. I I love that look, but I just need some color in my life. And that's actually the trend that they are seeing in like interior design as well. After that Mm -hmm. COVID, you know, like before that, we all wanted that like earthy, that like simple white minimalistic look. And now people started to bring like more plants into their interiors, more like colors, just because we spend like so much time in our, in our houses now. Well, same with email. You don't want... And Your email to look exactly like like everyone else's, even though it might be very like popular. Yeah, you still want to be on brand, though. But just like don't don't be scared to experiment with color. Exactly, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Yeah. Emily, what's um what sort of like technology are you using? What's your technology stack?
2: What's the behind the
1: scenes? Yeah, (laughs) like to create those emails.
2: I I love that question because I I'm always interested in how other people do it as well. Hmm. But we definitely use a mix. I mean, I I love working within MailChimp as much as I can, because many of our clients, they, you know, they'll come to us for a template and mm-hmm. I, I want them to be able to use it. So if, if I'm yep. designing something in Photoshop, they're not going to be able to edit that going forward. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I love creating kind of a, a nice template in MailChimp, but we definitely use Canva for, for a lot of things. Um, yes,
1: I love you it. Know,
2: it's it's just brilliant. I mean, I I don't use their, their like templates, the Canva like Canva designs, but we'll use it to like remove the background really quick. Or, you uh-huh. know, it's so interesting. My sister is, is a Photoshop whiz. Like she, she used to be a photographer. Uh-huh. She's like knows Photoshop in and out, but she will go to Canva cause she's like, it's just quicker. It's just easier. So we'll use Canva a lot. Um, we do use illustrator for some clients. If we need to do a certain, like a GIF or a graphic, mm-hmm. um, we do GIFs in, um, or GIFs who, who knows mm-hmm. what's What's right? But I don't know uh, honestly. <laughs> apparently it's gif, but I just can't say gif.
1: Um, I say gif all the time.
2: Yes. Yeah. But we we will do our our gifs in Canva um, a lot too cuz you can animate graphics. Wait, you so- can
1: do them in Canva? I didn't realize oh, you can yeah. create like gifts, yes. they also like yes. introduced the video. Like I used Canva maybe like two years ago, and ever since they introduced the video, all oh bunch of like cool new features and everything. Oh my goodness, I should. I There's should. so Canva. much. Restart me my membership.
2: Well, we had to um, I just yesterday we had to do a U.S. map for a client that was opening stores across the U.S. Uh-huh. and. I, little did I know I went in Canva and I searched US map and there there was like some editable US map graphics that were amazing and you know I could break you know use the brand color for it and it was just so cool
1: that's what I like about it that they not only have like images that you can use but the, your images are editable you can change the colors you can change yes. the like the the, the tones the, the lines and everything that's amazing and I'm not the Photoshop person myself but I need sometimes those like images so Canva is God bless them, honestly. God bless, like oh, whoever. They, they
2: who, are amazing. Whoever invented yeah, it, right? Changed. It's changed so much for people. So yeah, definitely Canva. And then, uh, you know, of course, we'll, we'll use the Adobe Suite some, um, but one little one little fun thing we use is called tinypng.com, like the PNG files. And so what mm-hmm. we tend to do is, you know, with email, you want your photos to load as your images or graphics to load as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'll go there and it compresses your your PNG file without just like without compressing the the quality Hmm. up so i'll i'll sometimes go there and um you know get a smaller version of my graphics so that's a cool that's actually
1: super important that's actually super important because i think when the emails are longer than heavier than i think it's like 120 kilobytes Mm -hmm. or something they're getting clipped right Uh, have you like noticed it
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's a big one. And uh, yeah, so basically what it means is that the customer will only receive sort of like a portion of your email and to see the full version, they'll have to click on view in the web or something like that. Right, Emily? I think, it, I think exactly that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Like trying to keep the file size of the email as small as possible is really important.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously without like losing the, the quality. But the bad thing with that was like that clipping email is that some, sometimes it clips the unsubscribe unsubscribe link and instead of like unsubscribing from your list the people can like send you into the spam folder and that's a Mm. problem
2: (laughs) yeah so you I've never thought about that
1: yeah 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 that's something that I've seen like a lot with like other brands and um that's actually a problem so try to make your emails as small as possible so tiny png I'm like taking notes as we speak
2: (laughs) Oh, there's so many like fun tools. Um, you know, I love this new site, emailpreview.io that someone from mm-hmm. Twitter created. And, you know, we, you know, when we have new potential clients we're talking to, they always ask for samples. And I use that a lot to like get a quick, um, you know, quick PDF of, of our emails. It's like, real, it's just mm-hmm. a neat little, um, a neat little site if you want to get a quick quick snapshot of your email. Nice, nice. I've never
1: heard of this. Yeah. I've never heard of this tool before. Yeah, um it's, it's I know cool. that like internally, our team is using email on asset a lot. Have you heard of that? Yes. They're like, yeah. they are bad, honestly. But yeah. I think you can like, test like the same sort of like email for different uh email services so like how your email will load in like gmail and like outlook and stuff like that and like you can also check your i'm not sure about the sender score but it shows you what's basically wrong with your email if it's not Mm. accessible or if um, it doesn't look good in like dark mode it has like a lot of a lot of functionality email on asset i know that our people love it a lot yes
2: no um they're they're huge and they have a great like weekly email that they send as well
1: oh yeah oh yeah it's great we actually had a girl from email on assets on our podcast lately oh. um uh, but she's like i mean she was a part of their team but now she uses them mostly for like accessible emails cuz that's, that's awesome. probably like the 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 best tool there is
2: just so market. important. and I you know, I've just in the last year learned so much more about accessibility, and it really is so important and and you know that has to do with making your emails you know if someone is colorblind or mm-hmm. you know, or if they are blind um, and making your emails just accessible to all people and and you'd be shocked at there was some crazy statistic about how what percentage of people are colorblind and it's pretty high right. um, so right. like making sure
1: I didn't even I didn't even think about it honestly, like, until like a few weeks ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no. And it's crazy. Like, you know, I learned like under underlining a link because like people that are colorblind can't see that that's a link because they can't see the color. So like doing other things to make your link stand out, like using arrows or using an underline, like little things like that. I have some really interesting little tricks like that. That's
1: so interesting. I never thought about it. Yeah, because yeah. like when you think about accessibility, you don't think about like colorblind people for some reason. Like at least I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's an issue, especially like when you're like creating colorful emails. No, that's that's huge, and I think email on asset can be a big help with that. Exactly. Honestly, exactly. Cool. super cool. Emily, so you work with a ton of different brands from all kinds of industries, as we already know. What's sort of like common issues or like problems you're seeing when you first start working with those clients? What are they like missing or like ignoring? What are the typical issues they might have?
2: Totally. Um, you know, I think, I think people just, uh, the main thing is they're overcomplicating their, their emails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll pop into someone's account and they'll, they'll say, you know, can you have a look? And I'm, I'm like, no wonder it's so hard for you guys to send an email because you're sending a novel once a week. Like <laughs> You're sending a long, long email. And people, you know, I can't say it enough to people like the, the average time a person spends reading an email is 10 seconds. Like that's really, that's I the didn't average. realize that. Yeah. If you Google like average time reading an email, like it wasn't like 11 point something now, it's like, now it's wow. 10 seconds. And I think it's less, like I, I pull up an email and I'm like, well, honestly, two. I think it's less
1: now when I, now when I think about it, how I go through my emails, unless it's yeah. like some important work email. I don't spend more than probably like five seconds in it.
2: No. And so that is so, I mean, if you really think about that, what, you know, you need to make your headline huge, make your copy really short and have a gigantic button, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. so so that is often, yeah. yeah. So I I usually say, you know what, the the emails are just too long or, you know, you can simplify things with a nicer template. That's just going to be easier for you. You know, but there there are other things that I've been seeing a lot lately. You know, a lot of people are asking about, like, how do I clean my list? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we get a lot of requests for people. People are like, I don't know how to how to clean up. You know, I know I have a lot of bad emails, but like, how do I get rid of them? What do I do? And so lately, I feel like we've been doing a lot of kind of cleaning and maintenance, um, which is really important. Uh, you know, yes. like you mentioned, sender score, like it's, it's really important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like one of the common mistakes that I'm seeing with like my clients is that they want to send the campaigns to their entire list. So like we have 10,000 people, why not email all of them? Yes. I'm like, no, segmentation is where the money is. And that's like surprising. <laughs> it's almost like counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the segmented lists bring i don't know few few times the the money that the non segmented email would bring uh, you, which is yeah like super people interesting. are not
2: people are not utilizing the power, like segmentation. It's so powerful. And I had a call with someone yesterday where I was kind of showing them all the options in MailChimp that you can use to segment. And it's, Mm -hmm. there are so many things you can do with, you know, people that did click on an email, people that are located in New York city, people that you know joined your list in the last 2 months or mm-hmm. have not made a purchase mm-hmm. like there're just so many incredible things you can do like you sh- you should really never be blasting your entire list pretty much ever yeah no like, for sure <laughs> yeah you can no. you can always and and I think you're right like most people don't know that like most mm-hmm. most clients don't really understand like how to get started with segmentation.
1: Yeah. You don't want to exhaust your list in the first right. like month of sending. That's that's for sure. Like to me, email marketing comes down to segmentation and automation. Campaigns mm. aren't great, but I think flows like automated flows is where the money are. Like yeah. because why? they what are so you like so it? are like targeted. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have it? Why would you like miss this opportunity? So
2: that's, yeah. And that's, that's, that's what's so powerful about it, that, that you can set up something, you know, even like a simple abandoned cart email, you can set up in, I, I no lie under 30 minutes. And that email could potentially generate you thousands and thousands of dollars for yeah. a year. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's
1: crazy. crazy. Yeah. Cause like, I remember we discussed that like 75% percent of checkouts are abandoned at some point. If you can recover even portions of it, why you wouldn't, right? So, um, and there are like so many opportunities for like automating your emails. It's like, think about it as your like little employees that are like working for you, even if you're like, when you're not working.
2: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad to, we could talk today, honestly. I'm like, feel like we are on the same, on the (laughs) same sort of like level, that we're talking the same Uh, language.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. It's, it's fun to, to talk with, with people that, that understand email and, you know, it, it actually is really fun to learn. And I, you know, I've watched, I've watched other people, you know, kind of get started. And then a couple months later, they're like talking AB testing and talking, you know, really detailed flows and triggers and all the, you know, all the, the words, all the funny words, but it it is pretty easy to learn. There, there are so many courses out there and, um, you know ways you can learn, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Emily. If people wanna like learn directly from you or like see what you're doing and uh, talk to you directly, directly, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, um, so honestly, Instagram is probably <laughs> the quickest way to find me. I'm on, I'm on every day, sadly, way too much. But um, I'm Emily Ryan likes like likes your photo um, over on Instagram, and I, I'm new. I'm I'm over on TikTok as well, and I I'm Emily Ryan talk and um there's my four-year-old and um (laughs) yeah and our website is westfield-creative.com But yeah, like reach out anytime, tweet me, you know, DM me. And I'm always like down to to chat, email or MailChimp or whatever.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming to our show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And guys, we will definitely link Emily's uh, Instagram profile and her website in the description box. So scroll down and go and check out her social media.
2: Thank you again for coming. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much.
1: We should do it again someday.
2: Yeah, let's do it. (laughs)
1: Let's do it. Okay. Thank you for listening, guys. All right. Bye. So guys, did you enjoy this podcast? I certainly did enjoy talking to Emily and I think we should invite her to our podcast again because honestly, she's such a smart, fun and interesting person. You should definitely give her a follow on her social media. And if you like what we do, as always, please leave us a review. It means a lot to us. And as a thank you, we'll send you a pair of beautiful branded Floyum socks. So go to flowium.com socks, send us the picture of your review and we will make sure to send you your very own pair of Flowium socks and next week we will keep talking about all of the tools that will make your life easier as an email marketer or as an entrepreneur so next week we will be talking in depth about tool called Asana we already talked about it briefly with amera on one of our previous episodes but next week um, definitely come back because you learn so many like tips and tricks and different like cool strategies and stuff so we hope to see you back here next tuesday as always we will be here every tuesday so we hope to be joined by you thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week thanks for listening to email einstein
2: can you feel that your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger we ask that you please use it wisely you've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared
0: flown.com slash audit.